My guest this week is Jason Murgatroyd, financial advisor at CS Retirement Solutions, and we are talking about pension freedom. Welcome to the Mortgages Money and More podcast. I'm Craig Skelton, principal of the CS Financial Group, and my guest today is Jason Murgatroyd, financial advisor at CS Retirement Solutions, and we are talking about pension freedom. Welcome back to the podcast, Jason. Yeah, hi again, Craig. Are you all right? Very, very good. Thank you. Are you? Yeah, sound as a pound. Thanks very much for asking. Enjoying this uh, break in the weather. This is nice to see some sunshine for a change. Makes a change. It does make a change. But I think it's fair to say the month of May so far has been very changing, shall we say, weather-wise. So, yes, it's been changing. It has, but we're, yeah, we're heading to the right time of year now, though, aren't we? Where uh, I think everybody's planning their holidays at the moment. Yeah, they seem to be. As uh, lockdown eases, back in the pubs inside, hooks are open. Hugs, I said, not pubs. Hugs are open and, yeah, some normality. Second vaccine rolls out. First mm. vaccine rolls out for the, the younger ones. Progress in the right direction, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. all progress in the right direction. So let's get to the podcast then. So sure. pension freedom, pension yeah. freedoms. And, yeah, so let's – what I wanted to do, just really, let's say, take it back again to basics, talk about – what options are these podcasts is all about educating clients and giving them an understanding of what their options are at certain things. And I think that's the thing is as people get into the age of 55 being put into pension for a considerable time, they're going to possibly get a letter from their provider or possibly the most recent annual statement to sort of say, he's getting to that time now where you're hitting 55 people probably don't want to, have realized that or people don't want to accept that they're getting to 55 but they are hit 55 what can i do what are my options so let's have a chat about that yeah no sure and yeah it's funny you say that it does come around so quickly i remember people telling me this when i was in my early 20s i'm like yeah whatever but yeah in the blink of an eye almost and uh, you're nearly there but pensions yeah pensions have been around for many years now i think when I think back to when I started contributing into pension schemes, it, it was almost, it was enforced. You just had no option or at least it made it very difficult for you not to pay into it, which in hindsight were, was a wonderful thing. I was fortunate enough to, to start one when I was very young. And yeah, certainly looking back now, I thank the company for making me do that. But you're right, I'm getting to that age now where I'm starting to look into the not-too-distant future and start thinking about, well, actually, believe it or not, I'm going to have access to some of this money soon, which, yeah, is a little bit of an exciting prospect. But also, for a lot of other people out there, they'll, they'll be in the same boat. Some people will know that, so they'll know about the pension freedoms, which the key age for this is, is currently 55. Now, that, that age is going to be changing, so it is going to be later than 55 that, that you have these access options available to you. But as we say here now, then at age 55, yeah, you've got access to your pension pot, which which for a lot of people is a massive life change, really, that they've got this access. Because originally... Yeah, when these schemes are set up, they were generally set up to a retirement age of 65, 66, 67, so on. For a lot of people, this is 10 years earlier than what they originally set out and thought it would be uh, available from. Yeah, it's a big deal for a lot of people. 
Okay. And it's just what you sort of said there about it currently is 55. Is there any definite plans or any rumours or any thoughts in terms of whether that age is going to change and when, or is that just up in the air at the moment? It's very much stemmed around state retirement age. So what you'll find is that the pension freedom age will generally, it will be 10 years less than state retirement age. So you will, I don't know if you're aware, but the state pension age is going to be increasing to 67. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So therefore the pension freedom age will also increase to 57, but it should always be 10 years less than state retirement age. So yeah, okay. just keep your eyes on And this is the thing with legislation, it's always changing. Again, another reason why you need to take advice, speak to somebody like ourselves. But yeah, there are many options available to you. I mean, there is the option that you don't take any money from your pension. Not everybody's going to require that uh, they need this money at 55. And the other I suppose caveat to add to this is as well, don't be tempted to to spend it just because it's available, because once it's spent, and don't forget, it's there to look after you in old age. I could argue that age 55 is not exactly old. It's not, is it? It's slightly new 25. Yeah, new 25. Is that what you <laughs> New 25. Uh, I've got new 35. Is it not the new 35? <laughs> so you take 10 years off the state age from that point of view, but then you take 20 years off your real age for the, <laughs> the new thing. So 50 yeah. is the new 30, or is it 50 is <laughs> the new 40? I, I think 50 is the new 30. Yeah, I do. So I'll go with that one, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Well, yeah, we're all living longer out of it. What's your projected age at death? Is it something like 103 or something? <laughs> no, you, 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 you can actually do that, can't you now? Yeah. You, yeah, you can yeah, put in what you... Yeah, I think that's... I don't think it... Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one thing that you're never going to know. That, that, that is one thing you haven't got a clue on. So you can put all these projections and predictions and things like that in, but yeah. hey, who knows what's going yeah. to happen. No, absolutely. So the other thing to obviously to bear in mind as well. So it, it depends what sort of pension scheme that you're dealing with. So when we look back again, what types of maybe company pension schemes people have had, there are certain company pension schemes that are, are very difficult to access. So I'm talking about final salary schemes or defined benefit schemes, the same thing. What we're basically concentrating on here are what they call defined contribution schemes or money purchase schemes. So this is basically, it's a pot of money that's built up from your your pension contributions. Whereas a defined benefit scheme, it's going to pay out based on things like final salary when you leave the scheme and things like that. So what, what we are specifically looking at here are the money purchase and DC defined contribution schemes. So it's giving you the access from the age of 55. Now the access come in a number of ways so it could be that you're looking to get your hands on a a pot of of cash that you've got plans for or it could be that you're looking not for a pot of cash but you're looking for some sort of income so it might be that you're reducing your working hours it might be that you're looking to stop working so or it could be a combination of the two so you could be looking to take some cash and an income and as i said you've just got to remember though that these pension funds are designed for retirement and if, if you're not looking at retiring and you're just looking to take this money out and spend it on a, a motorhome or a camper van for argument's sake 
once that money's gone, it, it's gone. So it's difficult to replace, if you get me. And the, yeah, there are certain tax breaks as well. There's benefits when you do look at your pension pot and the value of the pension pot. There is an amount of that pension pot you can take, which is completely tax-free, which is awesome. Okay, because that was one of my questions about the tax things. So. Yeah, you're limited though. It's 25% of the fund, but you know that's still, depending on the fund size, obviously that, that could still be a substantial amount of money, which completely tax-free, which is great. Is that something you can take at 55 then? So you get to the age 55, you can take 25% tax-free from your pot. Yeah, so you've got access to 25% of the pot value as a tax-free cash lump sum which is brilliant for a lot of people that's you know that's awesome to have that lump sum money that they can go away and spend on on whatever they wish any money that's then left so the 75 percent that remains then there are options with that so it's whether you're looking to draw an income if you are then potentially just remember any form of income so pension income earned income it's going to be taxable at whatever highest rate you're paying in income tax so that has to be borrowed in mind so if you're somebody who's looking at taking the cash tax-free cash lump sum and taking the pension as well if you're still working full-time and got full earnings with for some people you've got to be careful because if you're close to the higher rate tax threshold taking an extra pension income on top can take you into that higher rate tax uh, band, which can be costly. Again, there are tax considerations to think about if you're going to take the income as well. So you've got the 25% tax-free lump sum, which is great in the bag. If you wish, you don't need to take that pension income. So it could be that you just defer that, or it could be that you look at maybe taking it in a year's time, a couple of years' time. And this is the the flexibility with these things is that there's lots of options now where you can take, you don't have to take the full 25% tax-free cash sum. You can just take 10% of it. You can take some now, some later. You can take a bit of income. You can take all the income. You can take no income. So there's loads and loads of options to sort of tie in with, with your objectives, as it were. Yeah, I did mute myself there. So I, I was talking to myself. So going back to which is something you talked about a little bit about there, Jason, 25% can take that in a lump sum and it's I'm free to do with that whatever I want to do with it. So, for exa- so I can pay off outstanding debts, things like that. There's no ties to what I can do with my 25%. No, pay off your mortgage. That's going to be an obvious one for a lot of people. Motorhome. Honestly, that is probably the the most common uh, thing that people are spending these tax-free cash. I'm not condoning that. I'm not saying that's a good idea, but it just seems to be very popular. Is that is that from going to say is that from your experiences? Because obviously, motorhomes the second are going to be popular because where I work and, and the place of the office is there's not far from a motorhome sales showroom and they've got them outside and inside and i look at some of them bad boys and think yeah wow but the, the price has gone up like you cannot believe how much the price of these secondhand motorhomes no. has increased and i used to look at them in the forecourt thinking well they're, they're nice and this like quite mm. a nice thing to have but then now some of these prices you're thinking wow like supply and demand, the isn't it? Yeah, it's mental. Yeah, it's the lifestyle that people are buying into, isn't it? It's the fact that they can just turn the lock on the home door and just get off for a weekend and drive. Um, yeah, live drive. the dream in the wilderness. Midlife um, crisis. So we're talking about being age yeah. fifty-five as the yeah. new thirty-five. Yeah, and that's it. That's exactly where it is. Midlife yeah. crisis. 
Like you say, I'm yeah. not condoning it. I'm not criticizing people that buy more homes because they are no, some very, no. very nice more homes. But no, I think, I mean, yeah, the options are, are endless. You know, what you can use that money on. It, as I say, it is just money that you can spend however you feel fit to spend it. But yeah, just got to keep reminding people though, once that money's gone, it's gone sort of thing. So don't forget these pension funds. And some people have mounted substantial amounts in some of these pension schemes in the past and could be now looking life-changing amounts of money. It's very, very tempting for people to look at getting their hands on that and doing something with it that they maybe hadn't planned for. It, it is a time when you, you need to sit down with a financial advisor like myself and just sort of look at the pros and cons and what the implications are of you accessing these pensions. Yeah, just a couple more bits on the, the 25% then that's in my head that I just need to clarify. So with regards to 25%, is that just a one-off? Is that you can't take 25% of the pot every year tax-free? It's just a one-off, is that? Good question. Yeah, it is. So you're always going to be entitled to have 25% tax-free cash, or I say always under current legislation, certainly you can. But yeah, that is a one-off. So you couldn't come back every year and take another 25% tax-free okay. cash. But you can do it in chunks then. So if I thought right now I just want 10%, or 5% yep. or some ridiculous, some other calculation, then I can take part of it and then I've still, so if I take 5% this year, I've still got 20, 20% to take at yeah. some stage in the future, which is still tax-free. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. And it's 25% of what, you know, the the fund is worth as well. So it could be that the fund increases in value as well since the first right. time it takes some money out. That's a great point, that, Jason. So it's, 20, it's the percentage of this so is not necessarily so i get to age 55 I just use clean examples my pension pot is worth a hundred thousand pounds it's not a case of just taking out if i take out say five percent so i can take out five grand of it then it doesn't mean that i've got twenty thousand less necessarily because if i then leave the extra the 20 percent in and that grows mm. then it might be it's a percentage of the pot that's correct. At that particular time. Right, okay, yeah. Good. Um, yeah. Thanks for clarifying yeah. that, Jason, because that's a great no, point. Right. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. So lots of options. And again, I think the big fear that people had in taking pensions out, and it puts loads of younger people off, is that, or it used to do, that they wouldn't have access to this money for many, many years until they were in the late 60s, approaching the 70s, which just put the majority of people off paying into pensions so this pension freedom i think has done twofold really it's it's it's, it's enabled the, the, you know ourselves to have access to funds an awful lot earlier but it's also made it now more accessible from a, a younger person looking at contributing into a pension they can see having access to that money earlier as being less of a constraint okay so i take my 25 percent that we've talked about but then i decide in a year's time actually i want more of it as a lump sum is that possible yeah it is there's nobody saying that you can't take the whole of this pension pot out if you wish okay so the limits that i'm talking about here to keep you within the tax free elements or limitations so to keep things tax free the 25 percent is what you can take now if you just access the whole pension pot which you can do you, when you see the tax implications of that, it's more than likely probably going to put you off doing that. But the 
probably um, way more tax efficient ways of, of accessing the whole fund. And again, this might be in the form of taking income from it, but not taking too much income and utilising outstanding allowances, tax allowances that you may have, making the use of the lower tax bands from an income tax point of view, because that's the big thing that you need to think about is that it's income tax that you're going to be faced with, not capital gains tax. So thing with income taxes we can all all earn up to a certain limit and that's your basic rate tax banding but then you exceed that limit you're into higher rates tax banding and then the tax implications become uh, much more significant so if you're in a dire need of yeah all of that money out the answer is yes you could do that uh, but the tax implications of that will be significant right okay and yeah, like on a monthly basis like having income from it rather than thinking i want to we'll use the simplistic again of hundred thousand pound i'm thinking right okay can i take out rather than taking out twenty five thousand pound in one sum could i take out two grand a month for a year or a grand a month a one thousand pound a month for, for two years is that possible or is it a case of you have to request each sum each time no, okay, so yeah, that's a really good point. So yes, you would do an individual transaction there. So you could keep coming back to us year in, year out and asking for another amount of money. This is all to keep it within your 25% tax-free yeah. cash sum. Okay, so yes, you don't need to take it all in one foul swoop and you can keep coming back at intervals until you take out up to the 25%. And if you exceed that, then you're into the, the tax situation that I was talking about earlier. Okay. But, yeah. One last one, the 25% that's, that I'm thinking about is I then I come to you and you we take out 25% of my pension. What if I want to put that back in? Is that something you can do? No, you can't. Okay, so obviously what you need to be mindful of with pensions is that we are limited from a tax point of view. So we're limited to how much we can pay into pensions because we get tax relief on our contributions. Uh, We're limited on how much free cash we can take from a pension. If the HMRC sees you taking money from a pension fund that's tax-free and then putting that back into a pension fund and claiming tax relief on it again, as you can imagine, it's a double whammy from a tax point of view, and the HMRC would look uh, down upon that. Um, yeah, so that's not something that that you would be uh, advised to do, should we say. And if I'm looking to think about, I want to take out the 25%, mm-hmm. how long does that process, and how long does the process normally take? That's a really good question. So under normal circumstances, what I'm talking about is pre-lockdown COVID, then you're looking somewhere in the region of around about six to eight weeks. Now, we've seen significant delays in that process in time since lockdown and COVID. These things have been taking somewhere near 12 to 16 weeks, which is, yeah, which is a crazy uh, amount of time. But there is a process to go through. And the first stage of that is is to sit down and have the advice. And your advisor will uh, take on board what current sort of timescales are looking like and service levels and will give you some sort of prediction. But just bear in mind that 
when you're dealing with a transaction like this from an advisor's point of view, I'm dealing with an investment company or a pension fund or trustees or whatever. It's out of my hands. I'm dealing with a third party to try and get the information I need and try and get the funds sent across. There's a lot of people involved in it, which obviously can add to the timescale point of view. But yeah, it. so if you're going to think about something like this the best advice i can give is to start planning early for it so get in there early and give yourself some leeway in terms of uh, processing time in terms of questions with the 25 percent because we've obviously gone into that into quite a bit of detail is there anything that i've missed on accessing the 25 percent, jason no i don't think there is again it's it's a case of thinking about why you're gonna what you're gonna do with it why you need to access it do you really need to access it and yeah just it's all about trying to do it as tax efficiently as you can again which is difficult to do when you know legislation is and taxation is so complex so again that's why you need the advice okay and is there anything else um one thing that i you've alluded to a little bit in terms of process what is the sort of step-by-step process so i get in my annual statement, my pension statement from my provider. I'm now 55. I can see what's in the pot. I can see what I'm thinking about. I can have 25% of that. Where do I start? Who do I contact first? Do I contact my provider? Do I contact my advisor? If I've not got an advisor, do I need an advisor? No. So... First and foremost, so I do know that pension providers now generally, they will write out to their clients every year and you get your annual statement. Again, if you're not getting those, you need to be you need to be finding out why because it could be that you've lost contact and they've long, lost contact with you. So that, that you don't want that to happen. So again, well, you might need to look back at your, your employment history, try and locate where these pension funds are and you'll have to reach out to the pension fund providers. What your advisor is going to need, first and foremost, is going to need to sit down with you and, and look at what your needs and objectives are. Then what basically your advisor is going to need to do is approach all your, and there may be one, there may be several pension providers with what we call a letter of authority. And that's you as the client's letter of authority saying, this is my advisor and I'm giving them authority to look into my pension affairs. We then get extract the data from the pension provider with all the facts and figures. On those facts and figures, we're looking for things that might be detrimental to potentially you looking at taking these funds out. So are there any guarantees in there that you maybe are going to forego as, as, as a consequence of taking the money out? So we'll be looking at lots of things to make sure that ultimately is going to result in the best thing uh, for you to do and certainly considering that from a tax point of view as well. The providers generally will, will compile this information, send it to the advisor and the advisor then it's their job to sit down, do the analysis side of things and then for you and your advisor to sit down and go through the outcome of that analysis to see what the pros and cons are of of going into the access in your pension. Then it's a process once uh, you sort of formalised that and agreed what, what where you wanted to go from that point forward, then for the advisor presumably then to make the application to the pension provider to look at withdrawing those funds and getting those uh, sent to yourselves. So, yeah, there is quite a bit of work involved in it, and, yeah, it's very technical. So that's where you need the advice. Okay. Is there any other questions you want? So just from a, obviously, editing point of view, is there any other questions you think I need to be asking about in terms of content? What are you thinking? 
I'm just thinking what the stipulation now because the if it's more than th- if there's more than thirty grand in the pot, then the provider is going to insist that you've got to have advice. But if there's less than thirty grand, that they can send you the money, sort of thing, without taking advice. Now the majority of these, I say majority will be over thirty grand, but yeah. there still will be a lot under thirty. But we probably don't want those anyway. To be fair, no, exactly, yeah, exactly. It is going to be that there won't be an option. You have to have the advice. Right, okay. Do we put in about the 30 grand then? Do you think that's worth just information for the client? Because I know we don't want them anyway, but giving people that we're saying, if, if, you want, if, if your pot is... So it's just what you want to draw down. So if your pot's worth less than 100 grand, you then just you, you don't need to take advice on it. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. And we haven't mentioned fees either. Now, a free obviously, we'll look at a free consultation, but then potentially fees moving forward. Fine. Well, we'll we'll come on to that then. That's fine. We'll we'll do that then. In terms of yeah, we'll talk about. So, just clarify the the thirty thousand. So, I'll ask you the question about: Do I need to see an advisor? And then we'll you can answer that. And then I'll say, okay, down obviously with anything is to understand what the costs are and what the costs involved with that. And then we'll do that yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. Sound. Cool. Fine. Okay. So just obviously edit that bit, Tess. And then, so in terms of advice or non-advice situations, then Jason, just sort of clarify, I've got my pen. I'm now 55. I'm looking to take a a 25% lump sum out of my pension pot. Do I go to the provider then? Is that my first port of call? Do I go to the advisor or is it my existing advisor or do I need need to speak to another advisor? No, I mean, by all means, speak to an advisor first. There are sort of limitations. So the pension providers themselves, they have a policy where um, if the funds that are in your pension pot are less than £30,000, then you don't, strictly speaking, need advice. So that's something that you could go straight to the provider and, and arrange yourself. If your funds are in excess of 30000 then they will insist, they will not allow you access to that money unless you've had the advice and you've got to prove that you've had that advice as well. So anything more than thirty grand, you, you need to sit down with ourselves and, and, and go through the whole advice process, yeah. Right, okay. Okay, I can understand that now. And then, obviously, with everything, it goes down to cost. So if I'm looking to... I need advice because my pot's worth more than the than a, and I need to speak to a financial advisor. I've never had advice before, and I'm looking to release twenty five percent of my pot. What are the costs involved from a from a client's point of view? Yeah, well, from our point of view, then we'll always sit down and that first consultation is at our expense, so th- there's no cost implications for you. So we can go through that initial stage. However, moving forward then, as we establish uh, a contract between us and we look to move forward and take that advice forward, then you will be made fully aware of any other additional fees and there will be advice fees, so that is something that you will need to factor in. Now, the advice fees, however... A lot of people haven't got the ad, the money in advance to pay the advice fees, which is fine because often the advice fees can f- come from the actual pension funds themselves as well. So, again, it's just to try and make it these things as accessible for as many people as, as, as we possibly can do. But, yeah, nobody's going to charge you any money unless they've made you fully aware of that. But, as I said, having that initial consultation, I think, is the key to it. Excellent. Right, we've covered a lot there in terms of pension freedom, Jason, and, and looked at that. Is there any other things we've missed off? Any other comments? Any other 
things you, that you get asked no, about? Craig, no, no, I just generally think uh, there seems to be a big divide. Some people I speak to know fully about their pension freedoms, but then equally there's just as many people just have no idea it even existed. So again, it's trying to make people aware that there are these options available. And again, these can be life-saving or sorry, life-changing uh, amounts of money here that, that potentially they've got access to these when they, they weren't expecting them. Okay, great point. I think like you said, and it goes back to getting trusted advice. It goes back to that all the time with everything that you talk about. It's about speaking to an advisor that you trust and getting their advice and looking at the best options for you. I think it's not something you want to be doing off your off your own back unless, and that is your call, you can do that. But I think, it, yeah, it's about getting the trust advice because it's a, it's an easy thing to look at and thinking, as you've seen that, you get a letter through thinking, I can have 25%, and then you look in the forecourt and you can see that glowing motorhome staring back at you. Uh, oh, I don't need and that. And, but, yeah, you've got to have a realistic approach to this because this is your pension fund, after all, and it's meant to be lasting you for the for the rest yeah. of your life. Forget that, yeah. Excellent. Jason, thank you so much for being back on the podcast again. I am going to get you back on soon because we're halfway through. We had our predictions at the start of the year and we're halfway through the year, so I'm going to... Uh, I did oh, get two out of three right. How many more bets have I lost? Yeah, I did get two out of three right. That's right. Yeah, you are right with that. No, I am joking, but we will get you on the podcast as a regular guest talking about retirement solutions, pensions, investments, and all those sorts of things. So we, we, you will be a regular speaker as you have been. But I thank you so much again for your time. Cheers. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you very much, everyone. And thank you to everyone who has listened and subscribed so far. 